Hello, this is Bill Curley. And Holly Hudley. And welcome to the podcast In Between, which is an educational offering of St. Paul's United Methodist Church and Ordinary Life. It's not morning, and usually I say good morning, Bill. <laughs> but as we're recording... No, it is not morning, yeah. and it is a, a chaotic time. Yeah. It's amazing to me how Christmas, at least in my experience, my personal and sort of as, well, as big as my small universe is, Christmas is never just a quiet, holy time. <laughs> it always feels a bit chaotic. I don't remember when it was that we had... Um... Maybe it was last two or three years ago. We had here at St. Paul's, we had Christmas on Christmas on Sunday. Mm. And oh my goodness. We did, you know, a lot of Christmas Eve services on Saturday and then came back Christmas Day. It was just a lot. That's a lot. We're having so we're we're recording this on Wednesday, the 22nd of December. There are two full worship services tonight for people who are not able to attend on Sunday. There's a service, a communion service, and then there's a service of lessons and carols. Mm-hmm. And then on Christmas Day, I mean, on New Year's Day, there are services at 11, 2, 4, 6, 8, and 11. That's Christmas Eve or on Christmas? That's Christmas okay. Eve. Gosh. So Christmas Eve is on Friday this year. Right? Yeah. And Christmas is on Saturday. Christmas Saturday. And then we come back on Sunday to do it again. Oh, there are services on Sunday this year? Yeah. Oh, wow. That there's no ordinary. This is line. a church. We just need to be clear. This is a church. We are. <laughs> we don't take Sunday. No, there's off. no ordinary life. There's no ordinary yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, there was a paper airplane that just sailed behind me. I'm not sure if you saw that. <laughs> but that just goes back to the Christmas time is never just calm and holy. Um, yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the things that we were talking about before starting recording this is that we're it looks like we're back in the midst of another huge covid scare we are yeah i've i've had several people close to me text me and say that they have tested positive um i have had clients who've gotten cases and tested positive and so yeah some people might wonder about the wisdom of us having services tonight and christmas eve that turn out to be super spreader events I feel like everything is like an enter at your own risk situation right now. I mean, it's, I I think there would be a lot of kicking and screaming if on a national scale, we went into another sort of lockdown, there would be a lot of kicking and screaming. Well, you know, Holly, there's a lot of national insanity in the United States. There is. Psychosis, I call it. Yeah. Where there will be like a gun shooting. And then 
people just got inured to it. We get used to yeah. it. Oh well, it's another another school shooting. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that people aren't uh, even thoughtful. People aren't kind of shrugging their shoulders about COVID and saying, "Well, it looks like it's here forever," and just let's go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of something we're becoming a little bit immune to, for sure. I mean, and yet, I can't remember what situation I was in. I was having a conversation with someone about sort of the relative deaths per year related to heart disease and obesity versus COVID deaths at this point. And um, the argument was that heart disease still kills more people, but I I'm kind of like, but 800,000 Americans and counting, I mean, and, and over 4 million people worldwide, that's just a lot of deaths in an 18 month span, almost two year span. Right. It's a lot. And, and that, that I, I think I was reading um, Toni Morrison recently, she said something about refusing to not be shocked. In other words, if I, if I accept that I should not be shocked at certain atrocities, let's say a school shooting, let's say acts of racism, let's say something like COVID that's kill, killing millions of people, um, then that allows a little small part of us to become, become numb. And so she, you know, not, she's not relating it to COVID, she's no longer alive, but I don't want to become immune to that. You know, I, I, I don't want to, burst into tears every time something happens. I don't want to live with frayed nerves either, but I don't want to become immune to that sort of, these are not normal things, you know, the, the pain and the grief mm -hmm. and the suffering that on a collective scale we seem to be going through. I don't want that to become our normal. All right. Mm. <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I said um, Sunday in class and um, put this in our Christmas letter. I'm really, really concerned about the rise of authoritarianism in this country. I'm concerned about the divisiveness that seems to be growing bigger. The divide seems to be wider. Um, I'm concerned about the anger, uh, the the values that are being reflected in holding up certain people as heroes who do not behave in heroic ways. Um, and so I think we can see the Christian myth of Christmas, the parable that was told about Christmas as people affirming that they could experience the sacred in the midst of all the chaos, oppression, injustice of the Roman Empire. And that's where that story developed. It didn't develop in a, in a common, peaceful time. So um, yeah, we have to live with that sense of faith and trust. Yeah. Um, that there is a light in the world and well, there's a light in us. Yes. And it's, it's our job is to make that light known yeah. and to do it in ways that build up instead of tear down. And I don't think we've figured out. There are some people who figured out ways to do this. 
but um, they're not getting the microphone. They're not being heard. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I mentioned on Sunday, one of my favorite thinkers, Bell Hooks, who died about 10 days ago, no, about a week ago today, actually. Um, and, and she spent a significant part of her life writing about love and the need to center love in everything that we do, including politics, including uh, social policy and including justice. And, um, you know, a lot of times when women talk about, a lot of feminist thinkers have kind of set love aside as a topic that they won't talk about because it so often reduces to what happens in a relationship to wanting intimacy. Whereas Bell Hooks talked about this sort of need for a covenant of love in order to engage with anything or anyone at any point in time. And she, she said at some point in one of her writings, if we remain unable to imagine a world where love can be recognized as a unifying principle that can lead us to seek and use power wisely, then we will remain wedded to a culture of domination that requires us to choose power over love. And that's the sh culture shift that I believe not, not just Jesus was trying to shift that culture. So many wise right. teachers. I think that's what we're trying to speak into in this moment. How do we choose a culture of love in our own? Yeah. Self? And how do we put our trust in the power of love instead of the love of power? Right. And not this kind of like soupy, mushy kind of love, but like a love that stands for something. So I want to shift the subject dramatically. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to, um, speaking of looking forward in positive things, in 2022, gosh, right around the corner, you're going to get your doctorate, right? Yeah, I'm most likely just in talking to my advisor, unless I get a rough draft in by the end of January, which will not happen. Um, I, I most likely will defend in the fall. My dissertation will be submitted in the spring, but it takes time to review and edit and all of that. So, defense may happen in the fall. <laughs> That's all right. Well, as somebody who has walked down that path, I want to tell you that it's a game. Yeah, a little bit. And the people, the people who have been granted the PhD, what it should be as hard for you as they think it was for them. Boy. <laughs> it, you're, you're a shoe in. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had an art professor. There's a lot of anxiety with that, but you put in a lot of work. I mean, you're amazing at being a mother of these three pre-teenage pre um, boys becoming men yeah. and doing this at the same co-teaching on your life. Mm -hmm. You've had your plate full. Yeah. But, you know, I think that what motherhood has taught me is that a, a full plate is a good one. And B, because kids are on a certain schedule and that schedule is important to me, I tend to operate really well within, within a schedule. So I know, oh, I have, I have this time between nine and two, I'm going to use it well. You know, I, I don't sort of misuse my time very much anymore. <laughs> um, it was 
too easy. So what are your kids doing today? They're not in school today. Um, no, they're not. Nobody's in school right now. Um, we're just kind of chilling out. We love to watch holiday movies around this time. We usually watch at least one a day <laughs> and they'll play a few video games. They will there's some Legos set up behind me on the table. There's lots of Legos happening. I don't, I don't know when kids grow out of Legos, but I'll tell you what, I love them and I step on them and they hurt. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard so that. it would be a, a good torture device if anyone ever needs one. <laughs> so is Christmas a big time in your house? Yes, it still is. It absolutely is. I think people are still really, really looking forward to it. So you know, you Sunday you had this beautiful new uh, iPad. For a few minutes, I had iPad envy. I have to confess, <laughs> but you got you said it was a Christmas present, yes. so you got your Christmas present early. I did. I um, I I you know you say to Josh Headley, I think I need a new device, and he swoops in like a superhero, and he just makes it happen. I think the Apple Store might be one of his favorite places in the universe, so. He is happy to pad the pocket. So if I stood next to him and said, I think I need a new device, he would get me one? <laughs> I bet he would. <laughs> I would not put it past him. He's given people Apple TVs as a present. He's given Beats. He's given, uh, and we've handed down quite a few iPads to people who have needed them. But yeah, in fact, my, my former iPad was his hand-me-down. I'm usually fine with the hand-me-downs, but I use my iPad a lot and mine was kind of dying. It was on the fritz a little bit, so. So Christmas is a big time for us yeah. too as a family. We all get together. We have nine immediate family members who live in Houston. Well, two of them are away at universities, mm -hmm. but they will be back. And my beautiful bride, I asked her what she wanted for Christmas. She's very, very, very difficult to give to. Mm -hmm because she wants nothing. Yeah. She wants no jewelry. She wants no collectibles, nothing. She's trying to get rid of stuff. So I asked her what she wanted for Christmas and she said a Tesla. Oh, <laughs> and? And so guess what? You got her a picture of it. I bought her a Tesla. It's a little model of five inches long. And it's and it's run by remote and control. <laughs> I don't think so, but I can hardly wait till she opens it on Christmas Day to see how far and fast I need to run before she. Bill, I can gets, just hear it now. Gets the rolling pin out. And says, I didn't mean this. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I mean, maybe that maybe the operative is she wanted a life size Tesla instead of. A <laughs> she did. Yeah. But she's not getting that. No. Well. Well, I must go. Okay. And we will have a longer podcast next yeah, week. Yeah, but in the meantime, through all of the ways that we can find something to be sad about at this time of year, let us also look for the things that we can find joy in. And I know that one of the things and be grateful yeah, for one of the things I find joy in is and my is you. <laughs> my gratitude my gratitude is huge for me. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yes. I gotta okay. go. Okay. Love ya. Merry Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas everyone.